All right, folks, let's get started, if we can. Can you hear? Wow, that's pretty good. Can you hear that? Can you hear it in the back? Yeah, that sounds pretty good from here. I'm no song leader, but let's try this, all right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace let's try it again Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace thank you joe let's do that because we've played games we've sang we've eaten and so forth let's just take a an hour and just do a, a, a bible study we're going to welcome brother craig brother craig if you want to come up we won't won't uh won't keep you waiting any longer for Brother Craig. I don't think he needs any introduction, but um, Brother Craig's from Brother, excuse me, is from Connecticut. He's a pastor in Connecticut, and uh, he's been here before to minister, so we appreciate him coming. Thank you, brother. Been looking forward to this for several months. We've we've loaded him beforehand. Hope he's going to speak what's on the Lord's, what's what's on his heart from the Lord. But we preloaded him with some questions that I got in my Sunday school class last fall, and I really haven't addressed those questions yet. Um, partly because I knew that Brother Craig was coming, and I, I, I feel like Brother Craig, his testimony impacted me pretty substantially when I was younger at Youth Retreat years and years ago. Um, it's an incredible testimony. Hopefully he's going to share a little bit about that. I don't know. Um, but then some questions around um, witnessing, and specifically how do we witness to others, other Christians in our community that are not message believers necessarily, but they're Christians. And they're sincere and they're devout. So how do we go about... Um, being a good witness for those for those folks that are close to us, um, so that's the that's the way we've kind of primed the pump, but it's whatever is on his heart and whatever the Lord leads him to do. Um, I would say let's make this interactive too, maybe towards the end if sure. if you feel it's okay. Sure. Open it up for questions. If anybody's got questions or comments, please jump in. This is a really good time to do it, Brother Craig. Um, I think would be fine with that, and he's an excellent resource. Uh, the other thing I would encourage you to do, just like. Uh, with Brother Rapp a couple of weeks ago was if you got something on your heart or mind that you'd like to talk to a minister about um, sometimes the pastor is a little bit you know, close to home um, it, it could be the case so use Brother Craig as a resource if you got something you need to talk to him about or get off your heart or your mind uh, some questions you've got he'll be here today and tomorrow so feel free to do that I think he'd be more than willing to, to do that for sure so take advantage of it while he's here I think that'd be great um, with that, I'll turn it over to you. All right. Thank you. Everybody love the Lord tonight? Praise the Lord. Can I get a little louder? Everybody love the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. Josiah, will you help me here real quick? 
take this for me. Let me just get situated here. Just take that. And um, it is really good to be with you. I've uh, been looking forward to being with y'all, and I love young people. I used to be a young person one time. Believe it or not, it seemed like yesterday I was your age. And I'm sure the others have feel the same way. But time goes just like this. And before you know it, life will be behind you and you'll be facing God or facing old age or facing something. So we just want to we want to redeem the time and just do the best that we can. So I want you to feel comfortable. I'm a pastor from Connecticut. I love the Lord with all my heart. Not into any foolishness at all. I love young people. I love God's people. And I'm looking forward to getting out of this world. So we're just here to help you and just to do everything we can to support you. Let's stand to our feet tonight, and we'll just read uh, a scripture here. And if you have your Bibles, just have... Now, this is interesting. I see digital Bibles everywhere. This is a new age. Okay, that's good. At least you got your Bibles. Uh, John chapter 4, and we want to read verse 25, and then I'll be referring to a couple a couple scriptures as we go along. John chapter 4, verse 25. Very, very familiar scripture to us all. It's amen when you're there. All right. And the woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city, and they came unto him. And let's just just bow our heads together in a word of prayer. And just before we pray, I want you as looking to God, as we're in a youth meeting, and I know that we all have needs. As, as young people, as, as girls, as boys, as my age, we face many things. And our meeting here is not in vain. So I want you to dig deep into your heart. I want you to dig deep. And I want you to look to God. Don't look anywhere else. I want you to look to God who knows your thoughts here tonight, that knows your heart, knows your life, knows your needs. And in this prayer, in a very simple way, not a complicated way, in a very simple way. Say, Lord, you know my need, and I'm asking that you'll help me. If you just lift that before the Lord as we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord God, as we stand, Lord, under the canopy of heaven. And Lord, we hear nature behind us. We know, Lord, there's an author behind nature, that there's an author behind our life. There's an intelligence. There's a source. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have opened our eyes to know from what which the source comes. It comes from you. And you are the Savior and the Creator. You're the healer. 
And Lord, as we bow our heads together as a group, we ask, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would come down in the midst of this young people's meeting like you did Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. We ask, God, that you speak to our hearts the things that we have need of and bless our hearts together. Give us strength. Reveal yourself to us in a greater way than we've ever known before. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you now. You can have your seats. So as Brother Peter was speaking to me about the subject that he had shared with you, I've been meditating on it. One, how as young people, and you've got, you've got a lot against you, you're facing a lot, probably more than any other age before us, how do you navigate in the world, but yet you're not of the world? Here we've got to make it through. We're not of the world, but we've got to survive. We've got to work in it. We've got to go to school in it. We've got to face it. We've got to deal with it. We've got to walk through it. We've got to face it in the Aldi's or at the Walmart and everywhere we go. We've got to face it. And, and you say, my, what an oddball. And they're looking at you saying, my, what an oddball. And we're, in, we're like oddballs in the midst of oddballs. But we want to know, you know, how do I navigate through life as a Christian? Because I want to be real. How many of people appreciate something real? Just something authentic, something genuine. And I do too. But we, we want to speak on that. But then even more specifically, you all live in what is called the Bible Belt. And you say, well, I want to be a witness at school or I want to be a, a witness to my friends. But in the Bible Belt, how do I witness to nominal Christians that are devout nominal Christians and so on and so forth? And it is an exhaustive subject, and there's just no way that I could cover it the way that I would like to. But what I want to do is just hit some points, maybe stimulate question, and then at the end of this, we'll let you just fire. and Fire as long as you want, and let's talk about it. But I need something from you. I need you to relax. Everybody relaxed? You want to put your feet up? No? <laughs> I want you to relax and I want you to focus. Everybody just enjoy the service. Now, I want to ask you a question because we know that we have a message sent from God. We know that. But I want to ask you this in the light of speaking to a denominational Christian. And one thing that denominations have, every one of them in common, is they will say that they possess originality. That they are the ones that have truth. So how are we supposed to say we have truth when we know we have something different in the way of a vindicated truth from God? We know we have been called out of Babylon. So when we say we have truth, that means nothing. Because we got truth. So how in the world are we supposed to, what do we have that is any different? And everyone will say the same. Catholic will say it. Baptist will say it. Methodist will say it. And I want to ask you a question. When we know we've been called out of Babylon and out of denominationalism, but are denominational people Christians? 
I want to ask, anyone brave enough to answer? What did you think? Tell me your thought. Is denomination Christians? Don't be afraid. Some brave soul, fire away. No. Okay, that's good. He said, got a no here, got uh, they have an interpretation of a Christian. Anyone else? Anyone got a comment? Yes, they are Christians. Okay. Christians, okay. All right. So that's good, good feedback. Brother Branham said, we never want to de-Christianize anyone, ever. And I want to share something incredible. And I know the comment that they're not, I know where that's coming from, but we want to get right down to the root of it. Did you notice in the discernments, and Brother Branham brings this out, that when the angel is discerning, they are of all walks of life and all organizations, Catholic, Presbyterian, even Buddhist, and the angel of the Lord never asks, what church do you come from? Never. As long as their faith met the place that was required, they received their healing, if, even if they were a Catholic, even if they were a Baptist, no matter what. Never, God is no discrimination of faith. So it's not the people that is Antichrist. It is the organizations that are Antichrist. And we have been called out of the system that is leading the people the wrong way. But Brother Branham actually addresses this. He said, anyone that breathes the name of Jesus Christ, I love them. Praise the Lord. Why? Because they're a soul for whom Jesus died. And it's important that we have this motive as witnesses. Because we cannot come in discriminating. we got to say, this is a person in whom Jesus died for. And we never come in, our group is right and your group is wrong. It is Christ is right and we're all wrong. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. Now, Brother Branham said, and I just want to just get warmed up here. In the book of Revelation, God speaks to the church, under the church of Ephesus, under the church of Samaria, unto the church of Thyatira, and so forth. And he says he condemns one group and he commends one group. And Brother Branham said, why is God speaking to a false church and calling them a church? Brother Branham said the fact is, is they are a church. He said, just like Muslims, as they adhere to the teachings of Muhammad, whether they live the life or not, they are Muslims. He said, if we are believers and Christians in the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, that he is the Savior, we are Christians. He said, the difference is they are not spirit-filled Christians. So it creates two vines, the wheat and the tare. And God said, do not uproot them. Let them grow together to harvest. So our attitude is when you meet someone that says, I'm a Christian, praise the Lord. We have a lot in agreement. We have a lot that we can fellowship about. And so you, you never want to take away from somebody, especially if they're sincere Christians. You want to build upon what they already have. 
Does that make sense? So God and I have seen it. We've we seen it, me and Josiah, on the way flight here. The man next to us was a Christian. He's sitting beside us, crying, wiping tears, praying, and we're watching him. The man loves the Lord. We would never take that from him. We'd only share as God opened the door more light. Isn't that wonderful? And so, no, Brother Branham said now it is not the people it is the organization that we're being called out of. Now, there is only to be, uh, to I, I think it was you, your comment, to be a Christian by the Bible, because people have different definitions of Christian. There is only one way to be a Christian, and that is to be born by the Spirit of God. That's the only way to be a real Christian because when you're born again of the Spirit of God, then you become Christ-like. You bear the life of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way to be a true Christian. Now, these others have started on the road, but they haven't reached the new birth. Now, Brother Branham said this started in the Dark Ages when they began to humanize religion, Christianity rather. And what that means is that they, they pushed aside the teaching of election that you are in the mind of God and God is coming to redeem you back to himself. They moved aside election and said, you can be a Christian as long as you adhere to our doctrine. So they fill the church of people that have never had a nature change that will be agreeable to the doctrine, and now they are no longer born-again Christians. They are nominal Christians that are compliant to the doctrine. And Brother Branham said the humanizing of Christianity started in the Dark Ages, which that doctrine came from the pit. Because Jesus said you must be born again. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. And so we can build a church by human effort. We can do it with personality. We can do it like uh, Marines. They recruit and they talk to young men and they get them in and we can get a social structure and we can have a buddy system and a social circle. and You know, we can, we can get everyone on board. But that doesn't save my soul. Because I'm following a moral group, that does not save my soul. I, I need salvation. I want eternal life. And so many just gather around a, you know, a, a system of belief, a belief system. And then they make mammoth churches. And, they, and, and I want to show you this there, and especially here, there are churches on every corner. You would think the world would be evangelized over. But rather, the world is in decline. It's because they're not getting people to the new birth, is which is the only way to be a true Christian. Are you with me? The Bible said in the book of Acts that they went house to house. Now, there was nothing attractive in the way of steeples and, and you know, construction, but they were attracting the predestinated. They were attracting people. So today they know that churches are losing their members, and they said the best way to keep members is to start a coffee shop right in your house or right in your church. How many like coffee? How many are coffee drinkers here? Oh, Brother Barry is, I know. Just a few of these? Oh, come on. Let's, let's confess it. 
How many like coffee? I do too. But, but coffee don't save my soul. I need something more than Starbucks. I, I, I want the waters of life. And so what they'll do is they're attracting the natural senses, trying to get people into church. But Brother Branham said the church has lost its power, its love, and its influence upon the world. And that's why the churches are emptying is because the people can see through that. Do you know the basic truth of the gospel is salvation is of the Lord? Salvation has nothing to do with man. Salvation is about you and God and you and God alone. How many understand that? The Bible said, turn with me. Let's look at this. Uh, John chapter 6. Turn your Bibles. John chapter 6. And and if you find it, I want you to raise your hand if you read for me. Whoever finds it first. Okay. Okay. I need you to read loud. I want you to read verse 37. And I need everyone to find that place. I'll call for another reader there. John chapter 6, verse 37. Read loud, please. Okay. So in God's economy, the only ones that come are the ones that was given of the Father. This is according to the Bible. Now... Someone else, verse 44. Okay, read loud, sister. No man can come except the Father draw him. Verse 65. Go ahead, loud, please. Okay, so now according to the economy of God, according to the Scriptures, in order to be a Christian, you have to be called of God directly. God draws you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the attraction. The Holy Spirit is the drawing power to salvation, for salvation is of the Lord. The only way you'll ever be saved is if God called you. The only way you'll ever make it to heaven is that God personally has drawn you to himself and given you a revelation of himself. How many can understand that? Now the Bible said that God added to his church such as would be saved. It wasn't man adding. It was God adding. Now I want to I just give you an example here. This is a, I don't think the last time I was here you had this fellowship hall. And it's a, it's a beauty. It's really nice. And let's say that Brother Barry was on a trip, and I just come in and passed by. Nobody was around, and I thought, man, Brother Barry has a nice building here. I think it'd be really nice just to cut a great big window right there in that spot. I think it'd bring more light in. I think it'd benefit the building and the church. So I just get the equipment, and I just start sawing. A window right there, right, great big massive window in there. Brother Barry comes and says, what in the world are you doing? I said, oh, it's okay, I'll make sure it's sealed. I just thought you'd really like a window here. Well, it ain't mine to be cutting on. I mean, even though I think it would benefit him and the church, it's not mine 
to be cutting on this building, is it? Now, whose church is it? It's God's church. And where do we get the right to add anything to God's church? Where do we get the, the audacity to put our hand to the property of Almighty God? How can we bring in church members when it's God that does the adding, it's God that does the drawing, it is God that's doing the saving, and when God does it, then it's real and it's forever. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. And so we want to make sure that we do it God's way. You know, no man can come except the Father draw him. And when you feel the pull for God, a desire for God, and you pray in your bedroom, you are actually seeking the thing that is drawing you. Have you ever hungered for more of God? You have a deep hunger for God, and you're like, I want more. I want reality. I believe the Bible. I'm a believer, and I want to see God live and, and work out His promises. It is actually that desire in your heart is God-given, and you are seeking the very thing that is calling you. Do you know that's God's reality to you? That's God's call to you? Is He's dealing with your soul as an individual, never as a group. I appreciate the message community, but we will never be saved as a message community. We will be saved as individuals as God handpicked every one of you. And then when God handpicks us, nobody can take us out. Hallelujah. Because God has your name, brother. God has our name on His book. And that's what we're looking for. We want something real. Now, I want you to think about this. Our opening scripture was the woman at the well. We know this story well. This woman is an outcast. This woman is sinful. In so much, people would not even talk to the woman. She had to come during a certain time of the day because they did not have fellowship with this nasty, filthy She'd break up families. She is foul. Who in the world wants anything to do with her? But the Bible said Jesus had a need to go by Samara. Do you know that God has a need for you? God has a need to pass by your way as well. And so when nobody would have anything to do with her, God cared for her. And when the Lord began to tell her her life, she heard something she never heard in her church before. And as he spoke, there was something real that was moving in her heart. And he told her her thoughts. He told her her life. She drops her water pot and she runs into the city under the inspiration of what is happening. And she's telling everybody, come see a man. This told me everything my life. I want to ask you something. If you were going to pick a witness, would you pick her? If you were God and you were going to pick somebody that would witness to the world and to the nominal world, are you going to pick this woman? If there is someone that is not equipped for the job, it's this woman. But God is choosing her to be his witness. This is weird. Isn't this strange? 
God's doing something here. Stay with me. Brother Branham was driving one time, and he said, I saw a great big billboard. And he said, usually it's just smutty and awful. you got to turn your head from it. He said, but I saw something that attracted me, and that's what billboards are made for is to catch your attention. And this one caught the prophet's attention. And as, he, as it caught his attention, he said it had one word on it. It had hungry, had a question mark. Hungry? And he said, I looked at that billboard. It was clean. It had one word. And he said, that sign drove the point. Now, if you're driving down the road, and if you were not hungry, that sign would have no effect upon you. But if you were driving and you were just hungry as a bear and you see that billboard and you say hungry, you'd be like, yeah, man, I'm real hungry. Then that sign would mean something to you. And Brother Branham said, now I received something from that. He said, because God, he wants billboards. And he said, Jesus needs somebody that he can live his own life through. He said, God does not want salesmen. None of us like salesmen. He said, God needs billboards. He said, we are God's advertisement. This is what the way God has designed us is that God can live through us, live his life through us, and he can actually make people hungry by the life that you live. How many want to be used of God? You know, Stephen was a billboard. Brother Branham said Stephen stood before 5,000 of the Sanhedrin Council. And he said he preached to them a fiery service. It drove them crazy and they stoned him to death. But the Bible said he stood there like an angel. He was Christ's billboard. And he said it was not a miracle that he performed. It was not the supernatural. He said he stood there with the glory of God upon his life. And out of 5,000 people, how many was saved that day? None. But years later, there was one in that Sanhedrin that could never get away from Stephen's billboard. Anyone know? It was. It was Saul. Brother Branham said he never got away from that day. He saw a man that did not fear the Sanhedrin. He did not fear death. He was anointed by the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it was not his theology that impressed Paul. It was the life of Christ that struck his soul. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. Now, Brother Branham said this, that that we do not want to be salesmen. He said, I don't believe in high-pressure sales. He said, I believe that the gospel will sell itself. And I know the devil will work with you and say, you're, you're not equipped. You don't know what to say. You stumble on your words, and you'll never be an effective witness. Well, neither was the woman at the well. But God don't need an effective theologian. God needs somebody that will use their life as a billboard for God. And your life speaks louder than you could ever imagine. 
Praise the mighty name of the Lord. So Brother Branham said that people, they're looking for reality. They're looking for something real. And you know, a sick man needs a healer. A freezing man needs warmth. A starving man needs food. And the world is perishing, and they need to know that there is something real in this world. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd appreciate the Lord with all my heart. Anyone ever heard of Gladys Alward? Gladys Alward was a, a woman, that, and I'm not going to go in long in her story because I want to save room for questions. She had a desire to go to China, and the mission board said, nope, no China for you. So the woman, they didn't think she was qualified. So the woman saved up her own money, went to China by herself, got caught in Russia, almost spent her life in a factory working under the bondage of the communists, escaped the communists, got to China, spent her life as a missionary to China. Not so much preaching, but living among the people and introducing to them the life of Christ. And she'd went all through China telling people that Jesus Christ was the one true living God that loved them. One day she was summoned by the prison guard and said, you must come to the prison immediately. And she said, why in the world do you want me to go to the prison? He said, there's a riot. She said, I'm a woman. What am I supposed to do in a prison riot? He said, you said... Your God was the true God. And if your God is true, then he will stop the riot. (laughs) You want to hear the rest? Oh, you're not interested. Oh, you do want to hear the rest. Okay. Well, she goes to the prison, and these men are mutilating each other. They are killing each other. Corpses are laying everywhere. It is total chaos, mayhem. They cannot bring it under control. And they say, you said God was on your side. Go through the gates. She said, I had no other choice because I did testify that God was true. She committed herself to God. She walked into the mayhem. People were stabbing each other and going crazy. And she screamed, stop it. And as a man approached her, he got frozen his tracks and dropped his weapon. She said, everybody file in a line. Everyone filed into the line. She rebuked them and said, clean up this mess. And all of the men cleaned up the mess. And the man apologized and said, it started as a fight and we got in a frenzy. And they were sitting there with their clothes barely hanging off of them. She said, what do you do in here? They said, nothing. You do nothing? Nothing. She went to the prison guard and rebuked him and said, these men must have something to do. She brought in rabbits and a loon, and she started getting them to produce materials and do things. The the whole prison changed and became a, a very productive prison. From that time, they called her Awede, which means virtuous one. Here is a woman that is just, we think, you know, women, you know, have nothing to do in the gospel. They do. And it wasn't that she was just some incredible Billy Graham of a theologian. She was a woman who would lay down her life that Christ might live through her. God uses women. God uses little children. 
God uses preachers. God uses missionaries. The Bible said, you are the light of the world. Turn with me. Turn with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Who's got it? Anybody got it? Brother Barry, did you read 14 through 16? Praise the Lord. If you meet God as an individual and God calls you and salvation is of the Lord and he imparts salvation to you as an individual, this is about you and God, then you are not to put your salvation under a bushel. You are to testify and let the world know that you met God and that God is real and that God will save them like he saved you. Because God wants you to be his billboard. God wants you, but you've got to confess it. And here the Lord is telling us, God created you to give light. Praise the Lord. I appreciate light. And you you ever seen, do you have cockroaches in this country? Aren't you thankful? I I used to live with them when I was a little boy in Tennessee. You turn on light and a hundred of them would scatter. You know why? Because they're, they're afraid of the light. Creatures of the darkness are afraid of the light. Oh, boy. Turn on the light. Now, let me tell you, that's a type of the devil. And I read a quote today. It blew me away. Brother Branham said, Satan is scared of light. Oh, yeah, you are the light of the world. And we we don't have to knock down and be scared of the devil. He is scared of what you possess on the inside. The tables are turned. And demons scatter from light because they don't like to be exposed. And the Bible tells us that our commission is to spread the light. Fire attracts people. It scares off animals and lions, but it attracts people. The other day we were in the woods and the children built a fort and lit a fire. And my neighbor, I saw him standing on the wood line of our woods. And he goes, I, I just saw fire and I came because fire attracts. I said, all is well. I'm overseeing it. We're just having fun. He said, have fun. But see, fire is attractive. God used fire to attract Moses. And when he attracted Moses, he had a message for Moses. And God uses fire to attract. It is not the big buildings and the coffee houses. It is God in a man that attracts people. God make us like the burning bush that will attract the world to God made manifest in our lives. How many want to be a burning bush? A burning bush in their school. A burning bush in my church. Make my church a burning bush. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. And now, now God uses billboards, and I'm not going to hold you long. Remember, remember when Jesus went to Legion, and Legion, nobody can help him, and he cuts himself, and he's in awful shape. Nobody can tame him in Gadara, and Jesus brings deliverance to him. 
And as the people of the land see that he is delivered, they said, we don't want this kind of revival in Gadara. Just please quietly go. We, we just want peace here. Just go. He said, Jesus never said a word. Jesus turned because where he is not welcome, he will leave. He said, Legion followed him to the boat dock and said, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no. This is interesting. The blind man said, will you heal my eyes? He said, yes. The leper said, will you heal me? He said, yes. Anytime anyone had a need, he would meet that need. Would you come? I will come. But this time he says, no. He said, I want you to go back to your priest, to your mommy, to your daddy, to your young people's church, to your young people's meeting. And I want you to testify that God is real. He delivered you. He set you free. Brother Branham said he stood on the dock and he waved at Jesus till he could see him no more and said, one day I'll meet him again. But he went and done what the Lord told him to do. Now, you would think that Legion was no theologian. Legion was no person to be able to convert people over to the message, but Legion was a billboard. Legion had something to give, and that was Christ reflected out of his own life. What I'm trying to do tonight is encourage you that you don't have to be a message theologian. You don't have to be intimidated. Brother Branham said that every one of us have something special. We are called to be a light in our community. And he said, you may only be a 10-watt light bulb. My wife just went out and bought me these, or bought these decorative lights. They hang them around like a little place that you eat. And it looks real pretty. They're just like little decorative lights. They're not very powerful at all. They're not even for light, but they're sure pretty. And there are different watts of light. And they're at a football stadium. I mean, it, whoom, I mean it's bright. You might not be a, a William Branham or a, a Barry Coffee where you're shedding so much light. But Brother Branham said, whatever light you have, you spread the light that God gave you. It don't matter if you're a young person. You say, well, I don't have much of a testimony. I was raised in the message. You have a testimony. There's many raised in the message that have turned their back on God, never had a heart for God. But God will choose you and protect you for a special purpose in your life. Shed the light that God gives you. If, has God ever showed you anything? Has God ever done anything for you? Yes, He's done something for all of us. It don't have to be, you know, some, we look off, the grass is not always greener on the other side. God can use you in your capacity. Share what God has done. Tell them how you got your candle lit. Does that make sense? This, this makes witnesses. That's God did not want salesmen. God wanted witnesses. And all you got to do is just tell them how you got your candle lit. Praise the Lord. How many's candles lit? Can I have a few more minutes? I was, I was 23 years old. And I was just looking for fulfillment in my life. I used to box and that got old. Everything gets old. I was 23. I was watching Little House on the Prairie. Anyone ever, everyone seen, anyone seen that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm just teasing you. I was watching Little House in the Prairie, 
Charles Ingalls was reading his Bible, and something struck my heart at this moment. I know this sounds silly, but this was me and God. And I looked at Mom, and I said, Mom, I'm going to read the whole Bible. And she said, Honey, start with the New Testament. So I picked up a Bible, and I started reading it. It changed my life forever. I started ordering tapes from Jeffersonville, and I thought I was the only believer in the world. My brothers saw me reading my Bible. My older brother, he had long hair like a samurai. His hair is pulled back, drink and fight and party. He gave his heart to the Lord. So it was him and me. And then I got a job at a woodworking factory, and I'd work across from people, and they'd be across from me for two hours, and we'd rotate, and I'd get a fresh victim. And I'd preach all day long, everything I was hearing on the tapes. And God was so real, I wasn't trying to be a preacher. And God knows my nature. I would never be here had he not pushed me into it. But I witnessed to everything that moved. And I, 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 I made a friend with a Catholic guy, and he was a debater, and he was a strong debater. And, but he had a good spirit. So he, he and I would go back and forth. I would leave with a headache, and he'd have his arm punching me. And, you know, he was just a great guy, and he, he was good for my young muscles. And so he goes, I want a Bible study at my house. So I went, and we had a little Bible study. By that time, I had already won a, a brother there at the factory, won him to the Lord. And then, then we'd done a second one and a third, and then pretty soon I'm teaching it. And the reason was because I'm listening to the message and we have something to share. And he'd step out and smoke a cigarette and come back in. And, and uh, pretty soon, he's baptized in Jesus Christ's name, comes out of Catholicism. God delivers him from his cigarettes. His wife comes to the Lord baptized in Jesus Christ's name. God delivers her from her cigarettes. She brings in her best friend. Her best friend is baptized in Jesus Christ's name. She brings in another friend. She's baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. A revival begins. And it lasted for about four years. And about 40 souls came to the Lord. And a couple churches were born out of it. And in that meeting, this German girl comes. And this German girl, she was a very, very beautiful woman, but she knew no English but what she was taught by military men. She was rough, as rough as rough can be. She knew nothing of Christianity, and she'd lived a very immoral life. She finds herself at the, at the meeting. She loves it. She goes, I can smoke weed with him. And, and my, the, the other sister gave her heart to the Lord. She's like, no, no, no. Well, she started coming to the meetings. She loved it. It began to affect her heart. And so as time went by, I, I started feeling convicted because I had not touched holiness in all my Bible studies. I had not hit holiness yet. So I said, well, I got to have a special meeting. We're going to get in and get out. So I called everyone to a special meeting on Saturday, and for two hours I went through every scripture that dealt with holiness. I mean, I just brought in the whole arsenal. I got up, I turned on my heels and said, good day. Charmaine, which was the German, she came in 
That day, she looked worse than I'd ever saw her. As far as immorally, she looked horrible. And I'm like, great. And I knew I was challenged, and I, I'm, I passed the test. So she called and said, I want a meeting at my place. And she's hot. She's mad. So me and Dave Llewellyn went to her place. And I remember she was holding a little naked baby, and she was pacing. I don't think God cares how we dress. I think it's culture and this Christianity. I don't think this and that. And she just vented. I just let her get it out of her system. When she was done, I said, Charmaine, I have one question. She goes, what is this? I said, are you a Christian? What do you mean? I said, have you been baptized in Jesus Christ's name? Have you given your heart to the Lord? She goes, no. I said, this don't even pertain to you. I said, Charmaine, get me a piece of paper. She got me a piece of paper and gave me a pen. And I drew a picture of a hippie like this. He had long hair, big bell bottoms, throwing a peace sign. I said, who is this? She goes, that's a hippie. I said, what kind of music does he listen to? She told me. I said, what does he do? What's his lifestyle? She told me. I drew a skinhead. His head shaved, camouflage pants, and he's standing there like this. I said, she goes, that's a skinhead. I said, what kind of music does he listen to? I said, what does he believe in? And then I drew a couple others, and then I said, oh, oh, Charmaine. I said, you told me what they believed by what they wore. She goes, I know what you're doing. You're sneaky. <laughs> I said, Charmaine, if you can look at somebody and know what they believe by the way they look, you should know a Christian by the way they look. She got down on her knees and accepted Christ right there at the at the coffee table. That revival lasted for four years. And I want to say this. I wasn't a preacher at the time. Matter of fact, I was less equipped than any time since. But it wasn't the doctrine that won the people's hearts. It was the fire of God that started in my own soul. It was the love that I had for God that turned my life around. And as little and as insignificant as it is, it meant something to those that were hungry. And I want to say that your life is effective. And you should display the light that God has given you. And when you meet other denominational Christians, you don't take away from the faith that they have. You only build it higher. For there are many Christians that don't know that God is still a healer, that, that, that there is a rapture, that, that God has requirements in his word or even promises in his word, that they don't know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They don't know that, that God is a living God and angels still visit the earth and that God still sends prophets and God is just as alive as he was 2,000 years ago. But you are a witness. You're God's only billboard. We appreciate the church, but that's not God's billboard. You are God's billboard. And the way you can be an effective witness is to have a personal revelation and relationship with God and just live your love and life for God and love all men. And God will work through you, and it won't be you doing it. 
It'll be God in you doing it. Does that make sense? Does anybody have any questions? Now, I want to say that it's important to be ready to give a man an answer. You always want to be ready to give a man an answer. And, and in the church realms, they'll study apologetics and they'll have learned arguments. So if you would get with a Jehovah Witness or a, Memor, um, a, Mormon, um, a Mormon, they will actually respond by learned argument. So it's not a personal revelation or understanding. It's just if someone asks you this, then you respond like this. And so there is a place to feed upon the word. The Bible said, open your mouth and God will fill it. God will anoint you with answers. And, and I have to say, even as a preacher, I've been stumped many times. I mean, you get some curveballs and you're like, I don't know how to answer it. Just be real. That's the important thing. Be real. I don't know. We don't, we're not know-it-alls. I don't know. But I know, I know God has the answer. And so we want to know what we believe, but more importantly, we want to know whom we believe. Amen. And so it's important to know what you believe because we are not going to be saved as a, a, a message movement. You will be saved as an individual that is baptized into the only church that there is. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. Anybody have any questions? When dealing with witnessing or with other Christians, any thoughts, comments? Did I see a hand? Brother Barry? Yes. Yeah, I think it's important to be honest and to stay to stay on ground that you're solid in. What I mean by that is for instance, Brother Branham gives I'm going to use the example of translation. So commonly if you if you'll talk with somebody about a Bible, they'll pull out their NIV. And we know that the NIV has verses completely removed from it. And you say, oh, but, you know, I use the King James. King James is the book for the people, and it's been 300 years, the best-selling book in the world. And Brother Branham said, don't get into that argument. It can't be won. He said, because translation has been an argument all through the history of man. So you don't need to argue it, but you'll find out that revelation will carry out in their Bible. And so in that, and, and I use that as an example to Brother Barry's question, that you want to stay on solid ground that you know. And so the devil will try to lure you off, and there are discrepancies or there may be questions, and if it's too high and you say, well, I can't break that down mathematically, uh, don't don't get off your ground and try to bluff it. Just just stay on your ground that you know that is solid. And 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 and, and a good question to that too, Brother Barry, is is I always when I'm dealing with people in witnessing, I start out with the word being the absolute. And the reason I do that is because if they can't agree that the word of God has the answer you will get nowhere. 
But if they agree that the word of God is the infallible word of God, you got them pinned. If they really believe that, you say, if what I show you out of the scriptures, will you believe it? Yes, I'll believe it. Most of them think that they're right. So one, one day I got, uh, somehow got into a study with girls that believed in the women preachers. And they wanted the scriptures. They wanted the scriptures. I said, I will give you the scriptures. I said, I ask one request. We'll do no arguing. Secondly, everything I say will come from the scriptures. I ask the same in return. Everything you speak, bring it from the scriptures. Okay, we got it. We gotcha, gotcha. I turned to the first scripture. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I think I said, you just said no thoughts. Now they're forced to get up and walk away. And they don't realize their life is denying the scriptures. Now, it is not about trying to get someone told. It's actually trying to share truth. But it's, it's good to start with this agreement that the word is right and every man is a liar. Does that, does that, is that what you're speaking of, Brother Barry? That's, that's how you want to stay on your ground. If you don't have an answer to the, to the 70 weeks of Daniel, don't go there. It's, it's not necessary. Just stay solid in the word where you know you're comfortable. And then the, and the Bible also says if people are contentious, don't, don't argue foolish questions because people will argue just to argue, and that's not the spirit of Christ. And you've got to be able to discern, okay, this person just wants to fight or show his knowledge of the Scriptures. Or you're like, these, these people are, are very sincere. I, I was in uh, Japan. I had a Bible study with Serpent Seed. And um, after the study, they looked at the fellow and said, what of it? He goes, I cannot deny this teaching of the Bible. He said, it is in the Scriptures and we have to embrace it. And I baptized him in Jesus Christ's name. He saw it, and, and he was very studied in the Bible. He said, that's the scriptures. Any other questions? Yes. So the, the poll of God, Brother Branham teaches that the hunger that is in your heart, that's God's communication to you. That's God dealing with you. This is the way. So when you're young and maybe don't know the scriptures, I expected an angel to, you know, come through another dimension and speak to me or commission me or, you know, but God don't always do that. And Brother Branham said when God spoke to Moses the first time, he spoke to his heart to visit the children of Israel. So it is the heart that God, now God is sovereign. He can speak to you in a dream. He can speak to you in a vision. He can speak to you in an audible voice. He does that. He does what he wants to. Don't require that of God. But we do know one thing, that God will speak to your heart. When God speaks to your heart and you're feeling a pull, maybe Maybe you're in the world and people feel pull. You know, I want to change. I want to change the course of my life. I don't want this no more. It's God speaking to them. And you got to respond to that. And the way to respond to that is to follow that voice. 
and that voice will lead you to the Word. And as you're led to the Word, you obey the Word, and it'll keep opening before you as you walk in the light. So you take the step, and you'll know where to go as far as, you know, I repent of my sins. I separate myself from the things that are pulling me down. I am baptized in Jesus Christ's name. I become washed by the water of the Word. I begin to fellowship with the things around God, and I will begin to build in faith, and I'll be able to grow and cut myself off from that past life? Great question. Yes, sir. Okay, that's good. I don't get in a hurry. He said, how do you start, how do you initiate a conversation about the message without being, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, overpowering or, you know, working against yourself. And actually, and, and I, I just don't have time to cover it all, but Brother Branham said you work real slow. He said if you know the person likes fishing, talk to him about fishing. Nobody wants to be sold or pressured. You ever walk to the store and someone is waiting for eye contact? It's like, hey, buddy, want to sell you, you know, a new phone? And you're like, no, 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 get away from me. Nobody wants that. I can't stand going to a car lot and being, you know, someone jumping on me. I can't. And nobody wants it. So what you do is you show somebody you care. Not your motive's got to be right. You do care for that person. And, I, and I'll tell you what I used to do is a lot in the day. If I would be at a restaurant and you'd have a waitress come up to the table and I'd look at her name tag and I said, Sarah. And I said, Sarah, do you know your name is in the Bible? It is. One time I was in Africa, and a woman come up and said, would you, would you gentlemen like menus? And the brother with me said, we are men made new. She said, excuse me. He said, the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We are men made new. She goes, what scripture is that? He said, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. <laughs> I said, that's good. <laughs> but you could use their name. Make a friend. Show yourself friendly. Care about somebody. Don't be a salesman. Brother Ben said, don't be a high-pressure salesman. Be a billboard. And so it's important to be the salt of the earth and apply Christ with love. Not doctrine, love. And a lot of people can go with the theology because you can tie someone up that it wasn't an apple. It's clear. You can tie someone up that God is not three. God has given us so much you can make people look foolish even. We never, that would be the wrong motive. We're there to win their soul. And so you just be salty, be full of love, and, and be discerning. When Brother Branham said this, he said, Lord, give me a nudge when I should speak. Give me the words that I should say, and then nudge, nudge me when I said enough. Because we can all kind of get overexcited and just, like, dump the whole thing, seven compound redemptive names of Jehovah and the just, you know, the mighty angel, Revelation 10, 7, Luke 17, 13, you know, God sent a prophet and it wasn't an apple in the garden and just like spin their heads. <laughs> good, good question. Yes, sister. Well, you're going to, you're going, 
You're going to receive that. You will. And don't let that hurt your feelings because your job is to sow. It's God's job to give the increase. So rejection is a part of Christianity. Persecution is a part of Christianity. And all you got to do is just say, I, I will respect you. I just ask that you respect me. I'll leave you alone. Just go on. You can diffuse it and say, I won't bother you. You know, you know please respect me as well. You know, and you can just move along. But you're going to get it because God will seek out his own. And that day will come back at the day of judgment. That will come back. There was an opportunity given. But hold your head high and know whom you have believed. Good, good questions. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Sorry. You're right. One in their what situation? One family, okay. to move forward. Yeah. So Christianity comes with sacrifice. Jesus said, except you ain't willing to give up all and follow me. And so when I was in Japan, there was a woman who wanted to be baptized and she she cried because when she went back to China, she would be forced to worship her ancestors and she was afraid to face them because Christianity, she would not be allowed to worship her ancestors if she become a Christian. And I believe, if I remember right, Brother Stephen was there at that time. And uh, so it was perfect timing. Brother Danny Del Mundo stepped up and I said, Brother Craig, may I speak to this? And I said, please, Brother Danny. He told the girl, he said, I was a Catholic. And he said, I was in your shoes. And he said, I was so scared of the rejection. He goes, but I come to the place I realized that I could not. I could not do anything other but to follow God and deal with the consequences. And he said, when I did, he said it was it was a number of years. He said, but in time, my mother came to the Lord. He said, my aunt came to the Lord. Someone else's father, some came to the Lord. He said, had not I made that move, they would not have been redeemed. So God honored the sacrificial step. And so what I would do is be supportive and pray. Because it's a price. Christianity comes with a price. But the reward is beyond anything that anyone will ever lose. And so we have to live by faith and not worry about the consequences. I was privileged to lead a Catholic to the message. He's serving the Lord today. He was a deacon for many years. His family, he was in the drugs. He had pink hair, bell bottoms, stud earring in his tongue. He was a spaz. You put him in the car, he'd, ah, and he'd just like, what is wrong with you? He's just so full of energy. 
And about midnight, I went up to Brother Isaiah as I knocked on the door. I said, he wants baptized. We baptized him with pink hair. He came up a different person. He is a, he is a servant of the Lord today. The power of God unto salvation. His family slapped him in the face and threw his Bible over the house. He received a great rejection, but he stood firm. And so I would not be intimidated by Goliath. I would, I would take comfort in God's words. I will be with you and never forsake you. So I would encourage her to do what's right no matter what the circumstance. Brother Barry. Awesome. 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 So Brother Barry's making it his foundation. And I, I'll assure you that everything in the message will come back to the scriptures. And there's nothing to be afraid of at all. It is actually astounding. If you challenge people, could you show me by the scripture? Could you show me by the word? And challenge them in a very sweet way and respectable way. And this ain't a pride about being right. It's, 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 about, it's about truth. And the truth declares itself. That is an excellent way to just... just would you show me when you find it? Will you show me? Anybody else? Anyone else got? Yes, sister. Well, <clears throat> I have seen before where people don't have 
the understanding that we possess. And you all being raised in a message church, you may not realize what you possess. But you have been so thoroughly taught in the scriptures what is common knowledge to you is not. So you've got to stay very simplistic depending on who you're dealing with. Some people do have good Bible knowledge, but many people are simplistic. So like when I have done mission work in Japan, they know nothing of the Bible. So I had a Bible study with a 12-year-old little girl, and I went through the, the order of creation. I said, God made the birds, God made the sea, God made the trees. She spoke to the translator and said, I didn't know God made the trees. A 12-year-old girl. That's how godless Japan is. And, and now in our society, it's getting that way that people, people don't know. And so what I would do is stay very I'm sorry, simplistic and do not enter into areas that you don't know yourself. Like the 70 weeks. Don't go there if you, if you can't, you know, explain it. It's better just to humble yourself. Say, well, the subject's deep. I, I don't know. But move over to something you do know. If that makes sense. Just keep it simplistic. And short. A lot of times people like short sermons, not long-winded preachers. Ain't that right, church? <laughs> I'm teasing you. You're doing great. Anyone else? Good, awesome questions. Anyone else? Yes, brother. They, uh, the Jehovah Witness are trained to convert. And that's one of the organizations that have learned arguments. And what, what is the attraction and appeal to the Jehovah Witness is where many, many um, denominations can't even, the people could not even explain what they believe. The Jehovah Witness have answers. Lots of answers, but they're not correct. And the Jehovah Witness actually will say they believe in the King James till they get the foot in the door. And once they get their foot in the door, then they'll try to take your Bible away and give you the uh, New World Translation, I think it is. So in my experience, no, not yet. Brother Branham did, but it was the supernatural that converted them. But uh, myself, I have never... Really, we've had talks, and they've um, silenced. I, I had one man that I was, I loved him. We were buddies. We'd see each other at work. He was, he was older than me. We'd pray together, and I'd hug him and visit with him, and we'd talk about the Scripture. He came over to my house. We had a Bible study, and at the end of the Bible study, he said, in all my life, I've only seen two things that make sense, Jehovah Witness and what you believe. And then... Then one day he told me, he said, brother, I can't hug you no more. I said, why? He said, my organization says I shouldn't. And so he pulled away from me. And that's what will happen. You just hold steady and let them make their choice. But I loved him, and I did all I could do. But not yet. Maybe God will grant it one day. <laughs> Anyone else?
just before we wrap things up. Any other questions? Anything? Anything on your heart? These are really good questions. And you should not be intimidated to to speak it up. We're in this together. We're going to make it out of here together. Going once. Going twice. All hearts and minds clear. We love you with the love of the Lord. Was something said tonight that it helped you? Say, Lord, let me be a billboard. Let me have a personal revelation of Jesus Christ for myself and use me in my own capacity. Let me shed the light that God has given me. God has dealt with each and every one. Don't think you have to be something more than you are. Let God use you in your capacity. Share the light that God has given you. Don't hide it under a bushel. Put it on a hill and glorify God. God bless you, young people. We're going to ask the pastor to come now. Thank you, Brother Craig. Appreciate the uh, insight and uh, the good advice there. Here, I'll shake your hand. God bless you. Uh, A lot of good things there, a lot of good nuggets there. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing at all that speaks louder than your life, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, like that guy who could, uh, or that girl who could determine what people believe by how they dress. Uh, Times haven't changed at all, and uh, that's really true. So there are certain attributes that we reflect that people do pick up. And uh, uh, it really is a valuable thing to learn how powerful how you conduct yourself really is in the community, especially as things get weirder and darker and stranger all the time. And uh, in in your school, in your environment, uh, people do notice that. So we appreciate you all being here tonight. We're, we're uh, It's already dark here, but uh, we're going to turn it back uh, to Pete. It's quarter to nine, so we still have a little bit of, little bit of time. Uh, and uh, me and Emily are a championship uh, team here to play so if anybody wants to take us on you know we'd be glad to do that before we close here but uh, we appreciate um, all you guys being here and uh, Pete will do a a date for us and we can do a hike you guys are certainly welcome to come along and uh, that'll be fun to do alright uh, we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll turn it back over to you uh, we have about an hour or so until we formally shut it down, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, lesson tonight. So many great things, Lord, that have been spoken about and so many things described. But really, Lord, the best teacher is that experience of connecting with a person and talking to them and just letting our light shine. And we should never be afraid. We should never be hesitant. We should never be intimidated by somebody because they may be able to talk better or put together a better argument. Lord, we know that the truth is the thing that sets people free. It's not argument. It's not knowledge. But truth is the thing that sets you free. And so, Lord, we always want to convey truth. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to learn and grow and and to be able to uh, be so sensitive to you, Lord, that when you put a word in our mouth, we would be able to speak that to somebody. And a word in due season is a powerful thing. Have your way, Lord, among us, we pray. 
and we'll give you thanks in Jesus' lovely name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we got about an hour. Pete?